like the first day that I didn't have a gong paycheck coming in, I, it was almost like I wore a different set of glasses. It was like, wow, you know, you, you feel like the sky's the limit in one way. And you're also like, man, there's a lot of other work that needs to be done that I didn't maybe fully understand. If you're comparing yourself to other people, make sure you're comparing yourself enough in the sense of don't compare like the surface level. You need to understand all the deeper factors in order for you to know if it's a fair comparison or not, right? I think a lot of people are like very kind of now realizing that like hustle culture isn't always the best thing. Yes, you can grind and like work your butt off, but do it smart, like you said. And, you know, it's okay to sacrifice some things, but don't sacrifice like all of your values and integrity. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Millennial Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Tahoe Alemo. Uh, this week, we're doing a bit of a different episode. I was recently a guest on the excellent Happily Ambitious podcast hosted by Anthony Baniot and Sydney Sr. Uh, from Gong and from Falcon. Uh, we had a great conversation. We got deep. I talked about a lot of stuff I don't usually talk about, so I wanted to share that interview with you here. So that is what we'll be following here. So I uh, hope you enjoy and uh, have a great week. Peace. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a very special edition of the Happily Ambitious podcast. I'm your host, Sydney. Joining me today is my co-host, Anthony, and our guest, Tom Alemo. Formerly a top AE at Gong, Tom now runs his own businesses, TA Sales and the Revenue Lab, with a mission to positively impact salespeople every day, which I can say firsthand he definitely does. He's also had a super successful podcast called Millennial Sales, on which he's interviewed over 300 guests, definitely one of the inspirations for our show. Um, in today's episode, we're going to dig into Tom's entrepreneurial journey, how personal branding has played into it, how his mindset has evolved over the years, and a few of his favorite sales tips. So I want to jump right into the first question and ask a little bit more about your entrepreneurial journey. If it's something you always thought you would kind of embark on or if it kind of evolved over the years, like what brought that spark in you that you wanted to go out and do your own thing? Yeah. Uh, and then first of all, I'm stoked to be here. So thanks for having me. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's always been something that I wanted to do. I come from a family. We have a, a small business that my grandfather uh, has owned uh, for probably like 40 or 50 years now. And so it's always been in my mind and I've always wanted to do that. And I thought sales was a good way to kind of get my foot in the door and learn a really important skill uh, that would help when I, you know, was able to run a business. And that's really where the podcast started like six years ago. It's like, maybe that could turn into something. And I've just been looking for an angle uh, for like, and the courage to do so for probably six years. And, and finally was able to I guess muster both of those up last year and am about three months in on, on being in my own thing. So uh, excited to, it's it's equally exciting and scary every day, but uh, I'm having a lot of fun doing it. No, that's awesome to hear. Was there a specific catalyst where it's like, okay, now I'm ready or did you just decide to go for it? It was, it was yeah, I mean, I can get as specific as you want. It was really three things for me. Um, so one was, <clears throat> do I have a business that's, I didn't feel comfortable going from, you know, when I was making it gong to then going to zero, I needed some sort of buffer there. So the first step was, okay, am I making some money? And I was doing, I got some inbound requests to do sales training and consulting and things like that. So I was making enough every month that I, I could have like covered my basic expenses. So I know I'm not going to just like be burning money out of the gate because I'm not going to get investors or anything like that. That's not interesting to me. So I had a little bit of money coming in. I saved up about nine to 12 months of expenses in my bank account because for me, uh, it, it was tough psychologically. So I wanted to have, say, if I fail 
and I don't get a single customer a year from now, the worst case scenario is I go be an AE at Gong or another company. And, you know, that's pretty, pretty solid, like worst case scenario. And then I actually worked with a coach as well, uh, a woman named Hannah Morris, who was a sales leader turned uh, business owner herself. And she worked with me on kind of how to set up the business, but more so just like mindset wise, like getting comfortable enough to take the leap and getting the courage to do so. And then it just kind of the, the switch flipped one day and I'm just like, all right, I'm going to do this thing. And, and I didn't look back after that. That's awesome. Tom, I love like just hearing too, and you're the second person that said this when we spoke with um, Jeff um, Risling about just like, you know, and I think even Darren Albert said it like, Hey, if you want to start something on your own, just like, what's the risk? Like you can jump into it. If you did the math, you calculated, like you're not going to burn through money. And like you said, you can always go back to what you're doing before, but it's that like idea of, you know, should I jump in? Like having that feeling like, Oh, I can go back. It's not a big deal. It's like, do I really just want to like let life go by knowing that I never gave it a shot? So really appreciate that. That's really cool to hear. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, I think, um, for me, I knew I would, I know I would regret it. Um, and I, uh, you know, I, I'm not married. I don't have kids. Uh, I don't own a home. I rent. So I, I have a lot of variables that allow me to take a, a chance. And um, actually, I'll, I'll just be, you know, on, you know, open and, and vulnerable on the pod. I actually was formerly, uh, I was engaged like a year and a half ago and was planning on a wedding and planning on moving and buying a house and all these things. And that, that didn't happen. And then all of a sudden I'm in a position where, uh, okay, I've got all this money that I actually saved up for some of these really large purchases of like a wedding and a house. And I'm not going to do that right now. So I could either just let it sit, I could invest it or whatever, or I could like chance, you know, Tom, like, let's, let's, let's go for it. So that was a, a catalyst for me and talking to other people and just like doing a lot of inward reflection of like, what do I want to do? What would I regret not trying? Um, and so I think that that was really a powerful mover for me, just knowing that, man, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, I, I know I'm going to regret at least not trying. Is there anything in particular that surprised you like since breaking out on your own? Like I, I know you were doing some entrepreneurial pursuits before, like while you were working your full-time job, but now that you're doing your own thing full-time, like what, what are the biggest surprises you found? Yeah, there's two things. I mean, one is um, I was telling a friend the other day, it's hard to describe, but I, I love reading and listening to podcasts and all that stuff with, with successful people. Um, I, I love it. And the day that, like the first day that I didn't have a gong paycheck coming in, uh, I, it was almost like I wore a different set of glasses. It was like, wow, like you're really out here, especially like January 15th came. That's like the first day you get your paycheck, you know, and I'm like, oh, that, that, nothing hit my chase account today. And so it just really, but and that kind of was a bummer, but it also opened my eyes to like, all right, like there's opportunity everywhere. Like you could go, you could make money a lot of different ways. You could start a business a lot of different ways. You can service people. And so it kind of opened my my mind to like, wow, all of these possibilities. And then the other side of it is like, it's just hard. Like I know how to sell and I know, you know, how to do trainings and things like that. Those are my core competencies, but I don't know how to do bookkeeping. I don't know how to use QuickBooks and get invoices and set up a legal Zoom and, a, and like contracts and legal documents. I don't know how to do any of that. So 
every day I feel a little overwhelmed with that type of stuff and I'm learning it and I'm asking for help. Um, but it's, it's, it's definitely like, you know, you, you feel like the sky's the limit in one way. And you're also like, man, there's a lot of other work that needs to be done that I didn't maybe fully understand, um, that I'm, I'm dealing with every day too. To that point about you just like feeling overwhelmed with, you know, having to do the bookkeeping side and the legal, like I know, and I saw your post the other day. It was really nice to just see like kind of what your view looks like in your day to day, but like, how are you structuring that day to make sure like things are getting done and like, what does your process look like? So you're not getting overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. There's a few things that I do through the day and then through the week that I think has, has helped me. So first of all, um, the beauty of, of running my businesses, I, I guess I get to make my own calendar, although your customers sometimes do. But I do one thing, I call it Monday morning monk mode. So unless you, I don't even know who, who it would have to be, but I'm not taking meetings or doing anything outside for you know customers or prospects, uh, at least until noon on Monday. Ideally, it could be the whole day, but I'm doing, that's what I'm doing all my, you know, I got pipeline reviews I run with myself. I'm invoicing, I'm doing things for the, I'm working on the business rather than in it. And so during the week I, is when I do like the bulk all day long, I'm on calls and doing stuff. Um, I typically do the same like first thing in the morning. So I get like a, a good 90 minute chunk in where I block off my calendar as well. And that's when I get like, that's when I'm doing, you know, if I'm prospecting or I need to work on a project for a client, or I'm working on a sales kickoff presentation, or I just need to get deep work done. Uh, that's the same, like it's, it's usually like 7.30 to 9 or something like that. Uh, is when no one's booking, you know, I'm not letting people book on my calendar unless it's really uh, urgent. Um, and then the rest of the day is like kind of chaos. It just calls all over the place. Uh, I do set a a 30 minute reminder at the end of my day when I'm making sure I'm re I'm following up, I'm prepping for the next day, I'm sending people agendas for my calls the next day, like doing some of the basic kind of blocking and tackling. Um, and then you know every week before it starts, like on Sunday you know, I always have like a sheet of, you know, what are my goals for the week? What's on the to-do list? What like needs to get done versus then, you know, what, what would be nice to get done and just trying to do my best to prioritize on, on some of those things. So I think I do a really good job in the beginning of the day of like really focusing on only that bit, most important thing. And then after that, once like 10 o'clock in the morning hits, it's kind of like all, all bets are off for what's going to be happening. As you're keeping that discipline and all of your time blocks and all the things that you have to get done on your own and figure out, do you find that you're more motivated by a desire to succeed or by a fear of failure? Mm. We go deep on this pod and I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> um, I, okay, I'll just speak for my opinion. I think both for me. I think when I'm at my best, it's a desire to succeed and it comes from a place of I'm trying to serve people. And you mentioned, you know, I'm trying to positively impact salespeople. I strongly believe the more good I can do, the more people I can help and the deeper I can help them, the better I'm going to be taken care of. You know, the money and all that stuff comes after that, after you serve and after you help people. Um, I've seen that through a lot of different examples. So that's like a drive to succeed. And you can create your own definition of success. Um, on the flip side, you know, I don't, as much as I love being an AE, I, I don't want to go back to the job that I had before or any job. I don't, I don't want to go work for someone. Um, I don't want to, 
you know, not make enough money to pay for expensive rent in Chicago and, you know, all these different things. So um, that does come. And I, I like to think of it as like 80, 20, 80 percent of the time I'm like focused on the good. Like this is what I'm trying to do, you know, and then like there's some days where like life just kind of sucks and you need to like get to another gear. And then I got to get into like, dude, you're not going to like you cannot fail at this, you know, and if you, you get into a dark place. You don't want to be there consistently, I don't think. But every once in a while. Maybe it's even ninety ten. Um, you know, a couple of days a month, I'll get to that point where you know it'll it'll get me to get me through a really tough day. I think. I think it's important to note that, like, even if your ideal state is to be motivated by that desire to succeed, some it's, that's not always going to be the case, and that's okay. Like, sometimes it's helpful, sometimes it's necessary. You can't expect yourself to be exactly in your like best case scenario every single day, but sometimes you just have to keep going and doing it anyways. So that it really tells a lot of resilience about you. And I'm really impressed with everything that you've built. And I want to dig into your personal branding journey a little bit. Um, Cause mm. it, it sounds like it's, it's had a big impact on the, the podcast and the business that you're now running. Was that intentional from the beginning? Was it just, you know, wanting to put content out there that was helping salespeople? Can you walk us through how you kind of got started there? Yeah, it all started um, in like, this is like 2016, 17. And I remember I heard uh, Ralph Barcy, if you guys know Ralph, uh, he's an amazing inside sales leader. And he spoke at a sales hacker conference. And I remember he's standing on the stage and he had a, he has a good blog and stuff like that. And he was saying, the best way to become valuable is to add value to the marketplace. And how's it, what is a way to add value to the marketplace? Great content, help others, share your story. Um, and so this is like right when podcasts were starting to get more mainstream, you know, people were blogging, people were starting to use LinkedIn a little bit more in a different way. And so I didn't really know what it was going to do, but I just knew this is going to help me somehow. And so I started with the podcast and I said, you know, at, at worst, I'm just going to like have good conversations with people that don't want to meet with me anyways. Like CEOs of businesses do not want to meet with me. I tried. I tried to like pick their brain over coffee. No one wants that. So I'm like, okay, if I have a podcast, you could talk about your business. Maybe you'll talk to me. And, and that works. So me and my best friend at the time started a podcast, maybe like you too. Uh, and we, we started it. And first episode was with my boss. We went to his apartment in San Francisco. We brought a six pack of beer and we talked about sales for like an hour. And it was awesome. Uh, and then, you know, like we just kept building it up and having more and more like good people on there. And then I started you know, doing a blog. And then I started posting on LinkedIn and Instagram and Twitter and just kind of kept building up and good things just kept happening. Like I met cool people. I learned a lot. I was learning new skills. Then it helped me in job interviews. Uh, it helped me get the job at Gong, I think. Um, then it helped me to sell. Then I was selling to people I had on my podcast. And so then it just kind of kept, it just kept getting better and better. It was a lot of work, but I just haven't seen I haven't seen it plateau yet. It's just kept helping me out and helping me out. And that's how most of the people I work, most of my clients right now are people that I met on LinkedIn. Some of my best friends are people I met on LinkedIn, as crazy as that sounds. Um, and so there's so many ways to, you know, reasons to do it. And that's why I commend both of you for, you know, it's a lot of time and effort to do a podcast and to do a good one like you, like you both have. And so, um, but the dividends pay off big time, you know, as you build it out. 
I even have to thank you too, Tom. When I got my career started in sales, you were one of the people that I followed early on and I was just trying to be a sponge for every post that you had. And I appreciate just all the valuable insights because that's ultimately what helped me, I feel like, become really successful and then also to help me uh, make my way over to Gong. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. That's Gongsters got to stick together. Exactly. <laughs> No, that's awesome, though. And I could also say firsthand, like I said in the intro, I just went through your um, Revenue Lab prospecting cohort, which I would recommend to anybody listening. Um, Tom's not paying me to say this, but it's great. <laughs> um, I, yeah, it, it was it was very, very structured. Learned a lot about prospecting and outreach from two of the best in the game. And it's just like, it, it's cool to see that something you created is positively impacting so many people. Like I've spoken to other people who are in the cohort and they're also noticing big changes in their process. So I just want to commend you for that and say that your efforts to positively impact salespeople are really actually having an effect. Yeah, yeah I, I appreciate that. That means a lot. I mean, we're put, definitely put a lot of effort into it and it's, it's in... Mm -hmm. Pretty early days, and you know, have a lot of uh, improvements. I think that that we still want to make. But I mean, you were awesome in it. You were like, you know, you showed up on every call. You were doing your homework. You were doing the whole thing. And so, um, at the end of the day, whether people, you know, they can use my boot camp, or there's a thousand other ways that you can get better. Um, but I, I just, I so strongly believe that people should be. You have to invest the time in yourself. Sometimes that requires investing money in yourself and effort and you know, especially through a personal brand or through skill development, it always pays off. I've never, you know, put significant time into something like that and then regretted it later. It's always helped me in some way. What have been some of your favorite things that you've done like that? Uh, the first one that comes to mind, I did, I went to a Tony Robbins conference. Uh, this was like same time, like 2017 ish, a four day conference, walked on burning coals, did that whole thing. And that was awesome. Uh, I, I, I've bought, you know, a lot of different like sales courses and, and done similar things like that, that, you know, some I liked and some are, some are okay, but I still learned something. Um, I've hired a couple coaches, one, like working with Hannah. I don't know if I would be on my own right now if I didn't work with her. Um, books, I, I love reading. Uh, so, I've, you know, between all of this combined is probably like tens of thousands of dollars uh, going to therapy. I know that's not like the same thing, but uh, right now I actually, I pay out of pocket for that. So that's like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling the, the financial burn, but it's, it's very much worth it. So all of that stuff, um, you know, I can, I can list specific courses and books and stuff if you want, but like all of those, uh, I just kind of like gravitate towards what I feel in my gut I need at the time and at the moment. And, um, you know, usually just carve out part of like my monthly budget to like pay for things like that. I know um, you've mentioned it before, but I'd love to at least hear what your top three books recommendations that you think have had the biggest impact on you. I think one of them, I might know one of them, The Obstacle is the Way, but um, mm. I'll let you at least give your three. <laughs> obstacle, the way is, is, uh, obstacle is the Way is definitely up there. The first one that changed my life was To Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I saw that in um, not that long after graduating college in my first sales job. I was partying like five days a week, five nights a week, six nights a week. And, uh, you know, didn't, wasn't really taking things seriously in my first like six months. And that just changed, it just changed my mindset of like, oh, if I work hard, I can like do well. You know, I was just a, always a B student. I wasn't like the best at a lot of things. And so just kind of 
seems really basic, but I never really thought about a growth mindset until I read that book. So that's, that's certainly one. Um, let's see, what else would I say? The obstacle is the way Ryan holiday is probably my favorite author. I read every book that he writes, but the obstacle is the way of, is my favorite of his, um, which is breaking down like ancient philosophy. Every, he's got the daily stoic right there. Uh, ancient philosophy and military leaders and business people. And basically saying, you know, the best way to get better is to go through obstacles and not to shy away from them. So that would be, uh, that's a second one. And what would I say is, is another one of the top three. Um, I would, you know, what book I love and that I re- have reread a couple different times. It's not a sales book. Uh, I guess none of these are, but I love the book shoe dog, which is uh, Phil Knight's story of building Nike. And that book just motivates me so much because have you, have either of you read that? It's on my list. It's literally sitting on my shelf looking at me right now. <laughs> yeah, it's really the, good. The beauty of that book is that you think about Nike. It's like one of the biggest companies in the world or whatever. And 90% of the story is like the first like five to 10 years of the business where it's just failing in all these different ways. And he's flying to Japan. And he's got all these issues. And then like the last like 10 pages are like, oh, yeah. And then we made like hundreds of millions of dollars. And that was cool. You know, but it's really about like the process and the struggle. And I love that. Like, I just find that to be really motivating and just like real. It's like, oh, that's what it's really like. And it, it is. Um, and so those are three. I could probably keep going forever, but those are three of my favorites. Oh, thanks for sharing. Um, real quick, I, you mentioned growth mindset. You know, what are maybe some actionable ways that people can start applying like a growth mindset or like growing their growth mindset muscle? Like, how can people? further develop that. I feel like it's really hard to kind of like talk about. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, leads me to another book, the book mindset by Carol Dweck. She's a Stanford psychologist is like, gets really into the weeds and a growth mindset can apply to anything. It, it could obviously apply to sales or, or business, but it could re- apply to relationships or your health or any area of your life that you want to improve. And if people aren't familiar, basically just states that a fixed mindset is that I am what I am. I'm born with these abilities and I'm, I can't get better and I, I won't get worse. A growth mindset is I'm born with what I am, but if I work at it and try these different things, I can get better at it pretty much. Uh, it's more detailed, I guess. But um, I think the way to do that is I try to focus on what's one thing. I categor- categorize my life into like four main buckets. So I've got like my business and my financial life. I've got my health my relationships, and then like this overwhelming like me bucket. So it's like learning and trying new things and having fun and all that stuff. Um, And so I try to think of what's one thing in each of these buckets that I can actively work on to get better. And so let's say it's for, you know, sales. Let's say I'm a, uh, what if I was a a BDR? I might say, man, I'm really good at emailing and this and that, but I just, I'm kind of like hesitant to make cold calls. Okay. How am I going to use a growth mindset for that? Well, I'm going to take time each day. I'm going to block off 15 minutes a day. I have 15 minutes. Everyone's got 15 minutes. 15 minutes a day to to learn more about cold calling. First, I'm going to read this book. Then I'm going to make, you know, five extra calls or three extra calls a day. I'm going to listen to those on my conversational intelligence platform. I'm going to I'm going to ask for feedback from my manager. I'm going to write down some of the notes and like every day I just block off a small amount of time. And I'm going to do like one thing that can help me get a little bit better at that skill. 
And in a day, I'm not going to improve at all. But in like a month, then I've just spent several hours of like dedicated training towards that. I'm going to become better at a, as a cold caller. And then I can either get even better or I can find something else. Okay, now I want to work on my you know, discovery questions. Now I'm going to work on that. And so I try to just keep it simple, focus on one thing at a time and just I put time on my calendar, like get better at some of this stuff. And like, uh, sometimes during the week, sometimes it's on a weekend and just, you know, believe that you can do it and then put the time into, you know, practicing it. I really like that focus on incremental improvement. Cause I think a lot of people, myself included fall into the trap of like, ah, you know, I want to get better at this, but if I don't have like three hours to spend on it every day, it's not going to happen. So what's the point, you know, like what's 10 yeah. minutes to do, but you're right. Like little bits every day really do have a massive impact. So I think it's really important to remember that. Um, I do want to ask, though, I, I feel like every interaction I've had with you, you're, you're extremely positive, you're extremely motivated, you're motivating. Um, but I have to imagine you sometimes, you know, like all of us experience those feelings of doubt and, you know, maybe a little bit of imposter syndrome or not entirely sure what you're doing. Like, how, how do you combat those feelings and when do they pop up for you? All the time, Sydney. Uh, yeah, I do my best. I think I'm generally a positive person and I, I, you know, I do my best to, to, to do that because it helps me and I think it helps other people. Um, but no doubt. And I probably haven't had more imposter syndrome or uh, negative thoughts than I have had in the last three months of like starting my own, uh, my own business. I mean, just it's Thursday afternoon we're recording. I think I've already had like one and a half of those days this week. Uh, like Monday was awesome. And then Tuesday was like, oh no, like this happened and this happened. I lost a deal and this and that. And so um, what do I do to try to, uh, you know, kind of like recover from that? I think um, there's a few things. One is I try, I do my best to control what I can control to set up the day in a positive way. So there's going to be so many things that happen in the day. I want to get a good jump start on it. So, you know, I try to get a good night's sleep and stuff like that. But I also don't check my phone for the first 30 to 60 minutes. I have it on airplane mode or on do not disturb because if I check my phone, that's a roulette. I could get, you know, a contract. I could get a cancellation. I could get a crazy text. I could get a great text. I don't know what it's going to be. Give me 30 to 60 minutes to work out how I'm feeling and like get in a rhythm, sip some coffee, maybe move my body, something like that. Um, so I try to like, uh, you know, do things like that, that will, or you know, read and, and, and get my mind in the right spot before I like let others intrude on my day. But when negative things happen, you know, usually what I'll do is like, I'll take a walk, I'll exercise, uh, you know, I'll vent to a friend. Um, and I'll, I'll try to just see it as like, you know, uh, I'll, I'll try to de I'll try to like, look at the big picture. It's not always easy, but I'll try to look at, like, I lost a deal on, on Tuesday and I was bummed about it and I thought I had it in the bag and it, it, it didn't work out. And so I was getting bummed. And then I met this guy, uh, that like has this really successful business. And I was kind of comparing mine to his and I'm like, Oh, now I'm even more bummed. Uh, and so that kind of like dragged me for a couple hours. And then I had to like, get myself away from my laptop, away from my phone. I took a walk for like 20, 30 minutes, breathing in the cold Chicago air. And I'm like, dude, let's have a little bit of a pep talk here. And, uh, you know, I'll talk to myself in my head or outside out loud, but I don't care. And, you know, kind of talk through like, let's look at the reality here. You know, you lost one deal. There's many other deals. You talk to this one guy, he's been doing this for five years. You've been doing it for three months. Like let's give yourself some grace and some credit. And so, 
I think I'm learning to give myself a little bit more grace, which is, has helped. Um, but at the end of the day, sometimes like days are just tough and like you just, or weeks are tough and everything seems to be going wrong. And, you know, you just need to kind of like lean into that, take a little bit of a break and know that, all right, tomorrow or next week is a brand new day. It's a brand new week. And, um, and sometimes like when things are going bad, I just step away. If things were going bad for like a month, I would just take a vacation. And if things are going well, that's probably when I'm going to work a little bit more because I'm going to try to ride that momentum. But things aren't working. I'm going to switch something up. I'm going to go work at a coffee shop. I'm going to go change my clothes. I'm going to get a workout in. I'm going to do something to kind of like change the environment, change the flow. I'm big on that. So um, yeah, sometimes sometimes it's just you go through tough challenges and it's it's not, there's no like easy answer to it. But um, I try to just like, Try to recover as best I can, I suppose. I think that's a really important call out, especially too. It's like, you know, if it's just really shits hitting the fan day in, day out, like it's okay to step away, recollect your thoughts, because there's no sense in just beating the same dead horse, because then you're just gonna get even more frustrated and angry. And I think a lot of times we feel like, well, it'll it'll click. I just have to keep doing it, but just take a step back, take a breather. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times it's like, it, I'll have like mostly a good week and there'll be an afternoon where it's like, I feel like I'm just banging my head against the wall. Like cannot get anything done, but I've been sitting at my computer for three hours trying to do something. And a few times this has happened, I've called my dad, just been like, Hey, like, what's up? How are you catching up? And I tell him what's happening. He's like, just go get a beer, get out of the house, relax. You'll feel better when you come back. There's no sense just sitting there and trying to force yourself to do that. And it's so true. Like if you take a step out, take half an hour, go do something different and change your environment, you're going to come back feeling really refreshed. But I feel like we get into these doom spirals of like, mm. oh, I just have to figure it out. I have to figure it out. Like, I'm just going to keep trying. And then you just drive yourself crazy. And it's like, I, I think that self-awareness of like, oh, okay, I'm getting into that. Like, let me take a step back. Let me do something that helps kind of refresh that brain energy. And then I'll come back to it. Like, that's super impactful. So and I'm also glad to hear you're like learning to give yourself more grace in these situations. I think that is a huge sign of emotional maturity and something that a lot of people have a big struggle with myself included. Um, it's like getting almost convincing yourself that beating yourself up about it is going to help. And it's like, Oh, yeah. well, like if I'm like, okay with it, that I'm not doing enough to try and make it better, which is a silly thought when you rationalize it. But yeah, just being able to step back and say, you know what, we're not machines. Sometimes you need to like take a little bit of a break. That that's super important. So thank you for calling that out. And step and I'll add too, like stepping away from social media. Cause like what I want to do is then I'll just like go into Instagram. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling bad. You know what will help? I'll just go scroll, doom scroll Instagram and, and even LinkedIn. That'll make me feel good. No, it, it literally has never helped. Maybe for some people, if your feed is just all puppies, that might help. Maybe I should change my my algorithm, but it just doesn't, it does not help. Uh, and I, I, I get in the thought of, oh, it's between the hours of nine to five. So you're kind of cheating yourself if you're going to take a break, which is not true either. It's like, I, if I take this 30 minutes, take a walk, grab a beer, call my dad, whatever it is you want to do, um, you're going to be able to come back way more refreshed. Or even if you call it for the day at 3.30, I don't think you should do that every day, but if you're having like, a really shitty day, like maybe you just got to call it early and say, you know what? I'm going to go out. I'm going to grab a slice of pizza and I'm going to go, you know, whatever, hang with my friends and I'm going to come back hard tomorrow. But like, this is just, this is, isn't hitting it today. And, um, 
Yeah, I think it's all degrees of like how bad you're feeling and like how often that's happening. But, you know, get, giving yourself a break is is actually one of the more productive things you can do. I think there's two things that the both of you really said said there that I really like. And one of them that um, I've been in therapy for like seven years now. So therapy is great if you're just, I can't remember if you just said you're getting started on your journey, Tom, but one of the things that like my therapist and I worked through was I was coming to her a lot with those same like issues of like, well, I just feel like I can't get this going. And I'd be like bringing up minor little issues. And she would just remind me of like, this is so small. It's like a grain of sand compared to like everything else that you're doing. And then she would like list out like the accomplishments that I had already had in work. And so I think it is like just really helpful to kind of understand, you know, how are you going to take a step back? What's going to be helpful for you? Um, and I like your point. It was about the don't go doom scrolling on social media. And Sydney actually um, inspired me. I know she's fully off all social media except for LinkedIn. I gave up TikTok um, for Lent and I'm going to continue going through with it because I've seen drastic increase in just my overall mood and happiness. And yesterday towards the end of the day, it was just like long shitty day doom scrolling on Instagram and I'm the same as you, Tom, like my feed's not all just puppies and stuff. It's a lot of like yeah. motivational work related. Yeah. Next thing I know I'm laying in bed. I went to bed at nine 45, took me an hour and a half to fall asleep because I was just so anxious that I felt like I didn't get enough done for the day. And I'm just like, you know, what am I doing here? I could have been asleep an hour ago if I just didn't spend, you know, the last 30 minutes of my night or last 40 minutes, you know, scrolling on Instagram. Totally. Yeah, and kudos to you, Sydney, for cutting it all out. I have, I have cut it all out at different points and brought things back. Right now, I use LinkedIn, and um, and I I use Instagram. I've gone back and forth between only on weekends or I cap it at five minutes per day. Um, I don't know. I still don't love it, but um, I think the the important thing too of like you can go and you can scroll and and make yourself you know feel bad is like. I've really been thinking about the concept of like running your own race. You know, everyone that you look at, let's say you're comparing yourself to others. Uh, I could say that I do that uh, more than I'd like to. Um, everyone's running a different race. So if someone has more money than you, for, for example, or they're further along in their career than you, you know, you might need to look at the facts. Like, are they older? Have they done it longer? Um, do they work more than you? And if they do, what are their goals for that? Do they, uh, have they sacrificed seeing their family or hanging out with friends or whatever? Uh, and they maybe made that as a conscious choice that you haven't made. And that's cool because you have different goals. Uh, or you see someone spending way more time with their family, but maybe they're not working or I don't know. Like you, it's putting into, into you know, relation, what is everyone's race that they're running? You don't really know unless you know them personally. You can only know your own. And, you know, I've even like written some of this stuff down to remind myself of like when I'm freaking out, like, no, this is like, you're doing this because of X, Y, and Z, you know, you want to do this, you want to impact people, you want to create the life that you want, you want this, you want that, like, you don't want that big thing, like, you don't want to, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to, you know, be like a unicorn SaaS tech founder. Uh, I think that is very impressive, but that's not the life that I want. Um, and so to compare myself to someone like that would not be relevant. So, um, just reminders of that. And I think social media can play games with our heads. So I know we've gone down like a crazy tangent there. Um, but I think it's important just to think about like, what's the race you're running and try to stick in your lane for that. 
No, I think it's super interesting that you brought that up because we interviewed Jeff Riesley, I'm sorry, or Risley, mm-hmm. um, last week, and he was awesome. He's all about mental health and sales, and he had a lot of a focus on if you're comparing yourself to other people, make sure you're comparing yourself enough in the sense of don't compare like the surface level. You need to understand all the deeper factors in order for you to know if it's a fair comparison or not, right? So if I were to compare myself to you right now, it's like, okay, well, I want to run my own business one day. Tom's doing that. He's already been successful. He's doing all the things that I kind of want to do. And I could feel like, oh shit, like I'm so far behind, but it's like, wait a second, look how many years you put into this. Look at the level of dedication you've had. Look at whatever your goals are, all of that. You have to look at those deeper pieces before you can make a comparison because that takes some of the power away of it. Just being like, oh my God, I'm so far behind, you know? Um, Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. And yeah, for the social media stuff, I got rid of it all like two years ago. It was like one of the best decisions yeah. I ever made. Cause That's I great. like, I tried the whole, Oh, I'll just do it for five minutes a day. And I just don't have the personality that makes that doable. Like I just <laughs> like the moderation thing is tricky for me. Um, and I really like some of the biggest changes that I noticed, like were actually really surprising. Like I was able to enjoy like weekends and trips and social gatherings a lot more. Cause you think about how mm. often I feel like it's maybe a little bit different for women, but I don't know. Um, so much of these trips are focused around, okay, like I got to make this look good on Instagram. Yeah. Right? It's yep. like, I caught myself and like, I was feel embarrassed admitting this, like having a great outing somewhere, doing some amazing experience and then looking back at photos of it later. And it's like, oh, like, I don't like how I look there. So now I feel like my view of the trip is kind of tainted, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I didn't do it nearly as much as I wanted to because these pictures I want to share to these people that I don't really know don't look as good as I thought they should, which is like such an insane thing when you say it out loud. But I think that's what social media does to us is like, it makes us look at everything that we do in the lens of how others may or may not perceive it. So it's been super totally. impactful for me of like, now I don't have that pressure anymore. And um, I don't think you have to delete it completely to get to that stage, but it's, it's just been really impactful. So if anybody's struggling with that doom scrolling or extra comparison, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, the other thing uh, on this same topic, too, that uh, so I, I've been thinking about this in the last like two weeks. So a couple weeks ago, I did this crazy event where uh, I spent the weekend with a Navy SEAL and, uh, and a couple other people. And we did this, this stuff. And one of the things that he talked about was um, patience and like, you know, really being present on where you are. And by that, I mean, like, until you're dead, there's no finish line. And so what I've been, I'll just tell you, like for me, one of the finish lines I had in my head was I always wanted to run my own business. And maybe for someone listening, it's that, maybe it's getting a job in tech, maybe it's being an AE, maybe it's making a hundred grand, whatever it is. And I thought like, once I own my own business, I'm set because I'm going to run my own calendar and I don't have a boss and this and that. And then like January 1st hit and I'm like, oh shit, I have to do all this new stuff. And I had this whole laundry list of new challenges, great challenges, I'm happy to have them, but it, what, it it's not the finish line. And I, I used to think that about, you know, getting a promotion, getting a job, hitting an income level. And it's it's just not, there's no finish line to any of it. So you're, it's just a next, it's a milestone. You can have goals and I think that's healthy, but just know that once you get to that spot, I've been there where I have this goal to get somewhere then I get it and I'm happy for seven seconds and then I'm miserable until I get my next goal. And then I just don't think that's a healthy place to be. And so for me, I'm trying to focus on 
okay, this is a journey. And all I'm going to focus on is like, what's one step that I can take in this journey? And wherever it goes, it's going to be cool. I don't know what's going to happen five years from now with this entrepreneurial thing, but like, what can I just do today? And um, I think that's a, at least for me, a healthier place to be than always trying to get to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. So, so viciously. Well, I mean, that's just beautiful to hear. That's honestly like why Sydney and I started the podcast because we were just feeling that same rut of just like, okay, you know, we're here at this next step, but why do I feel like shit still? Like, why do I not feel that happiness that I should feel from getting a promotion or that pay raise? And it's just that vicious end of cycle of, you know, it's never enough. So that's really what we're trying to like call out with this podcast, which is great to hear that, you know, how you mentioned that. I love it. It's important, also, important conversations. Yeah. I also got a book recommendation for you. Um, mm -hmm. since you said you spent some time with the Navy SEAL. It's called Stealing Fire, if you're familiar with it. Um, it's Heard written. It. It's really good. My cousin gave it to me. Um, and it's pretty much just like how, you know, Navy SEALs and some of like the Silicon Valley elites and people like how to get yourself into that Zen or like that Zen zone where it's like, you know, you watch like Zero Dark Thirty and they can navigate a room like bang, 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 like all of this and just like not be phased by any of it. So like really kind of how to train your mind to get into that Zen frame of mind work. It's really cool. I learned a lot from it. Nice. I'll have to check that one out. I always love a book reco. Oh, yeah. So I have a question about work-life balance Yeah. Um, and how you're approaching that as an entrepreneur, because I think... Like in sales, I guess in most roles, but in sales in particular, I feel like we fall into the trap of like, we could always be doing more, right? So yeah. you know, if you're looking enough to have uncapped commissions, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's five, but I should really do another two hours of this if I want to make more money or whatever. And I feel like that's probably compounded by having your own business, right? Because it's like, it's kind of up to you, like how things go. So how do you find the balance of like, okay, I've done enough for the day. I'm going to disconnect. Do you find that you're like constantly thinking about it? How has that experience been? Yeah. So, um, I'll even go back as a salesperson as well, because I, you know, my story, like I, I, um, somewhat intentionally, somewhat unintentionally, I punted a lot of personal relationship stuff, uh, for my career early in my career. Um, I'm, I'm from Boston. I moved out to San Francisco to chase like the big tech dream. And I've, I've freaking grinded and I worked, you know, I was, up at 5 a.m. every day. I was working on the podcast, then I'd go to work, then I'd go home, then I'd work more on the podcast. Like, I didn't do a lot of social stuff. Um, I didn't have a lot of friends out in San Francisco. I had no family out there. And, you know, it, when we're thinking about thinking about comparing yourself to others, like, that did help me with building my brand in, in helping me to, to now run a business someday. But it also hurt me a lot at, at, in various points. And, you know, it felt lonely and it was it was tough, and so one of, that's what, really the reason that I moved to Chicago last year is most of my family and some of my best friends are either in Chicago or uh, or nearby, and so when I wrote when I wrote up my uh, plan for my business, I had I wrote like a triangle of like here are the three sides to why I'm doing what I'm doing, and so one of the sides is about in positively impacting salespeople, and that's very passionate for me. Um, one of them is because is is more. Uh, selfish. And it's like, I want to see what I can do. And I, I want to push myself and I want to, um, you know, be all that I can be and, and things like that. And then the third is like, I want a lifestyle. I want to hang out with my friends. I want to, 
you know, I'm in a relationship. I want to go out, you know, tonight I'm going out to dinner with my girlfriend. I want to go see my family uh, and, and do these types of things. And so I actually feel like I've had a lot better balance at this in the last year than I have, you know, the six or seven years before that. Um, and so I can give you like more tactical stuff. Like I, I don't, um, you know, I, I, I don't generally work past like five thirty or six. Um, you know, I don't, uh, I, I, I don't, I might do like an hour or two on a, on a Sunday as like kind of prep for the week, but otherwise I'm not really like working a bunch on weekends. Um, but then when it is time to work, like I'm not doing a lot of other stuff during that. I'm not like on Instagram while I'm working. I'm not, you know, goofing off. Like when it's game time, like I'm really focused and I'm really locked in. And so, um, I guess that is all to say that, you know, I definitely was way heavier on the work, on the work-life balance before. I still work a lot. I still work really hard, but I do think I've made a lot more room for those relationships and it's, it's made my mental health a lot better and just given me more energy. And, you know, it, it helps me, you know, it's a long game we're all playing, you know, we're working for a long time. So to burn, you know, to, to burn out every like six months is not very, it's just not a smart strategy. And so I figured after doing that enough times that it was, it was better to like have a more, you know, well-rounded life, which I feel like I have now. I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm better at it now than I was for sure before. Really want everyone to like go back and listen to that again, <laughs> especially if you're new into sales. Cause I know when I first started in my job, like I fell into the trap of like the hustle culture and it's like the longer I'm working, like I'm more productive. And there was nights where they would have us, we didn't have to be, but there was like, Oh, you're encouraged to like work on the last day of the month until like eight, nine o'clock at night. Cause like, you know, we can still be getting deals in. And I was just an SDR trying to make a name for myself. And I'm like, yeah, let's keep doing it. But to your point, Tom, like, you know, it led to burnout really quick. Um, and so I think it's just like hard, like, you know, I think a lot of people are like very kind of now realizing that like hustle culture isn't always the best thing. Yes, you can grind and like work your butt off, but do it smart, like you said. And, you know, it's okay to sacrifice some things, but don't sacrifice like all of your values and integrity. For sure. And I, I you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, know your values and know what you want to have integrity on. And like, I, I wouldn't compromise from that ever if you could, you know. Um, and then goes back to knowing what race you want to run. And, you know, in 2016, 17, like I was, I was pretty cool with like giving up a lot of the social life. Like I didn't really feel like partying like some of my friends were. I, I just, I wasn't as interested in that as other people were in their early 20s. And so I kind of like, made that conscious decision. And then over time, it just became, it, it did become more and more of a burden. And so then I said, okay, I want to play a different game. I, I want to run a different race. I'm not happy with the race that I'm running. And so I think it's important wherever you're at, there's might be some people that they want to work 12 hours a day and they really have these high goals and they're willing to do that for a year or two. And that's cool. I, I, I say, go for that. And there's other people that say, Hey, like that's, I'm not about that right now. I've got all these other things going on and I have my hobbies and my friends and my family. And so I'm going to like hit quota, but I'm also going to have a really rich life on these other things. And maybe it's going to take me an extra year to be a senior AE, but I don't care because I'm happy with my life. Then that's great for your race. Like everyone needs to, you know, do some inward reflection, know what race you want to run and then, and then go from there. So, um, and it'll likely change over time. Like mine definitely has. I think that's a super important distinction that it needs to depend on your life situation and kind of what your priorities are at the moment. 
do you think you would have been able to reach the level of success you have now with, you know, your AE career and now running your own business if you didn't have those years of grinding so hard? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, um, I think grinding hard is a, is it's a, it's a spectrum. It's not like you're either grinding or you're not. It's like, there's people that work a lot, have worked a lot harder than I did. Uh, and there's people that worked a lot less than I did. Um, so I definitely, conversations get tough because you, I don't want to minimize like hard work, like works. Like if you don't work hard or you don't like put effort into things, you're probably not going to get the results you want. But there is a, there is a law of like diminishing returns at some point where like you can make yourself miserable and, you know, lose relationships and things like that. And it's really like, it's not a one size fits all. And it, it takes a lot of like, I think you got to figure that out in your, your own life. Um, I'm not sure. I, 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 you're making me think about this. I think that you can achieve success without grinding as hard. It might've taken me a little bit longer and that wouldn't have necessarily been the wrong way to do it, but I was okay in my early twenties, like sacrificing some stuff. And then once I saw like probably 2019, especially with COVID once COVID hit, it was like, Hmm, this is like, now I'm really not doing stuff. Now I'm really feeling isolated. I need to pull off the, off the gas a little bit. And uh, it still took me another year or so to do that. And so um, I think, I'm happy with the decision I had to, to work extra hard early on. Probably wish I pulled off the gas maybe a year before that. And I'm really happy with where I am now where like, you know, I, as part of running my business, like me and my girlfriend, our dog, like we went to Arizona and we took a 27 hour road trip. And like, I took some days off and we were like in the car and doing our thing. And like, we had a great time. And then I made up and I worked, you know, a little extra on a Thursday night sometimes. And so I think, I think that's what I'm more comfortable with is like being intentional. And there's sometimes where you got to work a little harder. And there's sometimes where you got to say, F it, I'm going to take today off and, you know, go hang out with my dog. And like, that's cool too. And, uh, you know, it's just like, a, it's, a, it's a constant balancing act. I love that. I appreciate you sharing that. And I think that that's something that people just kind of have to learn for themselves through trial and error sometimes. Yeah. Um, I have like a million more questions for you, but I want to be respectful of your time. So we're going to head off to our rapid fire questions. Do you want to start us off with those, Anthony? Yeah, that sounds good. All right. So kicking us off, Tom, um, how do you balance chasing future success and enjoying the present moment? It's a great question. I, I think, um, well, I always know where my North star is. I think about myself as, you know, I'm, I'm 29 now. So I think about myself like 10 years out, who's the person that I want to be? What's the life that I want to have? Um, and that's not just like success oriented. That's some, you know, that's all parts of life. And so I have that person in my mind. I'm trying to get closer to that. Um, but I've, I've really tried to focus on just like doing, like I said earlier, one thing at a time, focusing on being present and, you know, there's so much opportunity and there's so many great things that can happen in any given day, whether it's a great conversation like this or just noticing the things that happen in a day, nature and enjoying a good meal and things like that, that, you know, you're, you're going to waste your life if you don't pay attention to them. So I try to, uh, I try to stay present. I, I do some mindfulness practices and things like that, that, that help me to do that. But, um, it's, a, it's a challenge for sure. That's a great answer. What is something that you are recently proud of yourself for? 
Hmm. I'm really, it might sound silly. I'm really actually quite proud of myself for what I just mentioned a couple minutes ago about that road trip. The old meme, if you told 2018 Tom that he was going to take off, you know, two days on a Thursday, Friday to drive from Chicago to Arizona uh, while he's trying to build a business, um, like, you know, in a car and, you know, with a dog in the car and this and that. Like, hell no. I'm not even taking a weekend off in 2018. I'm like so obsessive about like, you know, trying to work. And so I'm actually really proud of like the 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 more harmony that I have in my life now and, and saying, you know what, like work's not the end all be all. And I really want to enjoy these moments and build up these relationships. And then, you know, when it's time to work, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to work hard the next week or something like that. So um, I'm quite proud of myself for that. That's really, yeah, that's really cool. And congrats for you on that, Tom. Um, <laughs> what is something that you are currently reading or binge watching? Mm. I'll tell you, but uh, yeah, I'll tell you both. I, um, well, I'm excited to watch Ted Lasso. I haven't gotten there yet. My, yeah. my girlfriend got me uh, deep into The Bachelor. That's embarrassing to say, but I'll say it. So I watched the finale. Gabby got robbed. Um, Gabby got robbed. That was that was heavy, man. That was heavy. Uh, Almost uh, every single one of our guests has mentioned The Bachelor, so no shame. Man, fun fact is... too. My boss, I mean, my brother is Gabby's boss. <laughs> Kidding? Yeah, and so he wow. was like keeping us like all the inside scoop and just like trying to be like you know like she told us like hey like. I'm going to be gone for a little bit. I can't tell you obviously like who won or anything. And it was just wild. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Cause it said she was in, she was an account executive, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's why she's out there grinding. She's a saleswoman. She's hustling. You got to get her on the pod. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's our next uh, guest. <laughs> I've, I've been watching that and I've been reading. Um, I just read, but I'm reading, I just opened up. This morning, this book from uh, Howard Schultz, who's the uh, founder of Starbucks, and he talks about like his story of building Starbucks, which I'm I'm into. And then I I just got these two new books. I haven't read them yet. Siddhartha is like a is like an Indian uh, tale, and uh, I'm trying to read some more fiction. Y'all, so I got the I got the wonderful Wizard of Oz right here too. So I'm gonna read that. I know that's intended for like middle schoolers, but I need to like break away from work and read some fiction. So I'm going to, I read some Harry Potters over COVID. Now I'm going to get into some other classes. Yeah, turn it. the brain off. <laughs> totally. Totally. What's a habit that you've implemented that's had a really big impact on your life? The biggest, the biggest one for me is, um, I mentioned I mentioned this earlier. Well, I'll, I'll give you a few, but the biggest one is the phone thing. Like no phone <clears throat> 30 minutes before bed and like 30 to 60 after I wake up because I used to check emails. I used to sell to people in like Europe and Asia. I would wake up in the middle of the night and check my email like an, like an idiot. And I would never go back to sleep. It would be so stressful. And um, that's not a smart way to live your life. So um, now I don't check. Uh, I don't have almost any notifications on my phone. I get texts and calls, but nothing else. Um, and I don't check my phone 30 minutes before or 30 to 60 after I wake up. And that just helps me sleep better, helps get my mind at ease, helps me get in my flow, helps me wind down for the day. 
And then I think because of that, um, I have more energy and positivity and like separation from work and stuff like that. So I'm not really working, like I said, even past like 6 p.m. most days, but um, the phone thing is huge. Just trying to limit the whole time of, of how often I use that. It's really cool to hear. Um, if you could give everyone listening one piece of advice, what would it be? I would say something that always sticks with me is, is to think big and start small. So people often ask, like, ask me, you know, about starting a podcast, starting a business, getting started in sales, things like that. And I've always loved dreaming big and thinking about who I can be 10 years from now and the success I can have and the people I can impact and all that. And that drives me and that, that can drive a lot of people. But you want to start small. What's one thing that I can do going back to a growth mindset? What's just one thing I can do today to be a better cold caller, to be a better salesperson, to be a better uh, significant other, to be a better, you know, to be a little bit healthier, uh, to be a little bit smarter, whatever it is that you're trying to work on. What's just one thing? Um, and over time, it's crazy how all that stacks up. And, um, you know, in a day, it means nothing. But in five years, your whole life, you can wake up to a different life. So I would say think big and start small. I think that's one of my favorite answers so far. Um, who do you think we should have on the show next? Mm. Okay. I think you're exactly the right person to ask for this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll tell you two people that you should have. I don't know if you've had them on or not, but two of my good friends, uh, uh, Alex Kramer and, uh, and Clara Johnson, they were both. Alex, um, he worked at Microsoft and DocuSign, then, then he helped to grow outreach from the early days. Uh, Clara was at outreach. I don't know where she was before that. And now they're both at Catalyst Software. Um, they're both sales leaders, and they're both very um, – they're both so focused on their own like personal development and mindfulness and going to retreats and meditating. And I've learned so much from them and they are beautiful people and you should talk to them. I can intro you to them. They're, they're awesome. That would be great. Um, all right. Well, Tom, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Appreciate you making some time for us. Um, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, before we go, you know, where can the people find you? Anything that you want to plug? Yeah, I mean, I got I got nothing to plug, but just come check me out on LinkedIn, Tom Alamo. I'm posting there every day. And, um, you know, I got a podcast and newsletter and all that stuff. But you can find out most of the stuff from me on LinkedIn. And uh, DM me. Here's what you do. If you listen to this and you hear that, DM me on LinkedIn. Tell me what you liked from our conversation. And, um, you know, let's let's chat. And, uh, and thank you both for having me. I appreciate the, the work that you're doing. There's not a lot of people, uh, not enough people, certainly talking about this type of stuff as it relates to sales and success and, you know, uh, also being happy. Uh, go figure. <laughs> so I appreciate you all putting in the work and, and putting together a great show. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for your vulnerability and everything you've shared today. I think that helps a lot, especially like from the outside, it really does look like you have all these things figured out. And I think sharing areas where you still are challenged is super, super impactful. So I really appreciate that. Definitely. 
I have nothing figured out. So thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Um, I hope you loved it. If you did, please share it with a friend. And we'll see you back next week. Until then, stay happily ambitious. Thanks, y'all.